What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Friday, June 7th. I hope all you guys have had a beautiful and blessed week. Hope all you guys have a very nice and relaxing weekend. Hope all you guys enjoy these couple NBA games that we get. Uh, one is coming up tonight. We got game four tonight up in San Fran or Oakland, shall I say. Um, so stay tuned for that podcast later tonight. But today, man, I just want to come at you guys with a couple different things from the college level. Um, so let's just get right into it. So first, we have the commitment of Jordan Brown, who is a 6'10 power forward from Roseville, California. That's up north. He went to Prolific Prep, which is a, a, a prominent basketball school up north. That's produced a few players like Gary Trent Jr., um, who plays for the Trailblazers now, Paul Scruggs, who plays at Xavier now, Josh Jackson, who plays for the Phoenix Suns. He went to school up there. Um, he's a 6'10", like I said, 6'10", power forward. He was transferring from, who just finished his freshman season. He was transferring from the University of Nevada, and now he is committed to the University of Arizona. He decommitted, or he left, or excuse me, he transferred from Nevada because their coach, Eric Musselman, who we'll talk about later in this podcast, left Nevada and is now the head coach at the University of Arkansas. So he decided to leave the school um, and they do have a new head coach who's former UCLA head coach, Steve Alford, um, legendary Indiana Hoosier player. But they said, you know, it was a good chance that he could stay at Nevada, Jordan Brown. But ultimately, he ended up leaving, and now he will commit to Sean Miller in the Arizona Wildcats. And it is, it is a very good pickup for them because he's a good player. And uh, Sean Miller actually recruited him highly out of high school. Uh, a lot of people say there was a chance that he could go to Arizona. And Sean Miller is going to have a chance to really develop him and turn him into a better player, a pro player, the player that he wants to be. Right now, he's kind of just a raw big man. He can block shots, very good in the post, very skilled in the post with both of his hands, good feet work, long, lanky, 6'10", um, and a very good rim runner. He does a little bit of everything. He just has to expand his offensive game, and then he'll definitely be um, a big-time threat in the Pac-12, even though he already is. So that's Jordan Brown. Then we got another Arizona commit, who I believe committed last month. Um, he goes by the name of Jamal Baker. He's a 6'4 shooting guard. He is a real, real deal shooter. He is a sniper. I actually watched him in high school a lot because uh, he's from the same area that I am, which is Menifee, California. Shout out to the IE. He's from Menifee. He went to Eleanor Roosevelt High School out in Corona. Shout out to Corona. Um, I, I mess with Corona a lot. Um, he played two seasons at the University of Kentucky under Coach Calipari. Didn't really play a lot, but he had some big-time moments and some big-time games, but he didn't really get a lot of playing time. But he still contributed a little bit, and he's going to transfer to Arizona, um, and he's going to sit one year and play two more years. He still has two more years left of eligibility. And like I said, Jordan Brown, I forgot to mention, has three years of eligibility because he just wrapped up his freshman season. So that's Jordan Brown. But going back to Jamal, He's going to be a real good uh, piece for Arizona, too. Neither of these players are going to be eligible until the 2020-2021 season, so they got to sit out a year. But this year, development that they're going to get is going to be essential and crucial to their development as overall players and students. So, you know, I'm excited for both of them, even though I'm not a big Sean Miller Arizona fan. And, you know, they got the whole FBI thing going on. I still do think it is a good fit for them as long as Sean Miller keeps his job, which is you never know with the NCAA. So that's Jamal Baker and Jordan Brown. Both will be playing down in Tucson next season, or the season after next, excuse me. Um, so that's them. Another commitment is Seventh Woods. He is a transfer 
We all know Seventh Woods. He was one of the top mixtape high school basketball players of all time. He had stupid bounce out of high school. He was dunking over everybody. Um, he was from Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Columbia. Um, he, he went to Hammond High School. Um, and he actually committed to North Carolina out of high school. He sh pretty much shocked the world because I'm not going to lie to you. I remember when he was a senior in high school. He was the class of 2016. And I thought he was going to go to South Carolina. I thought he was going to stay at home, play for the hometown school, play under Coach Frank Martin, who was one of the best coaches in the nation, not just as a basketball coach, but as a man and a teacher. That's a, probably the perfect best coach you could have, regardless of basketball. But he, ultimately, he decided to go and play for Roy, <coughs> excuse me, Roy Williams at North Carolina um, and play for the Tar Heels. And he, like Jamal Baker, kind of really struggled. Or not struggled, but he struggled a lot more than Jamal Baker. But um, he did have, you know, pretty decent minutes his sophomore and junior years. Um, he was a backup point guard for pretty much all the season. His freshman year, he didn't really play that much at all. But his sophomore and junior years, he had a little bit more uh, contribution. But he wasn't really... It looked like he never got comfortable. And I always rooted for Seventh Woods, but it looked like North Carolina just wasn't the right fit. Like, he was always a backup point guard. Is he good enough to start somewhere? Yes, I think he'll end up starting at South Carolina. But at North Carolina, you have point guards like Kobe White. Um, I forgot who they had the year before. Um, doesn't matter. But um, he was a backup for both of them. And he honestly just looked like he was out of control. Or, or no, actually, Joe Barry was the... Um, starting point guard his sophomore season I believe but he just always looked like he was out of control he was never patient he, ha he was having a hard time learning and adjusting to the point guard position because he wasn't really in high school he was never a really true point guard he was more of a shooting guard he kind of did everything for his team he wasn't out there dropping dimes like that he was once in a while don't get it twisted but he wasn't like a pure point guard I think Roy Williams wanted him to be a pure point guard and it kind of makes sense because he's only 6'2 and so if he wants to go and play in the NBA, he's going to have to become a point guard because you can't really be an undersized shooting guard when you're only 6'2". So it does make sense, but he just never looked comfortable. And so now I'm happy that he's going to South Carolina because I think Frank Martin will really develop him, even though he only has one year of eligibility left because he played three years at North Carolina. He'll still get a lot better with this uh, uh, transfer season that he's going to go through or a redshirt season. And he's going to develop a lot because South Carolina has some really good pieces. Like A.J. Lawson, who's, one, who's probably going to leave for the draft next year. But he's going to get better under Coach Frank Martin. And his senior season will probably display what he should have done all along by going to South Carolina out of high school. And, and it's going to prove – he's probably thinking to himself right now, like, man, I should have just went to South Carolina once I left high school because it, it's going to pay off for him in the long run. He's going to become better. And it's just an all-around good move. So that's seventh was we are rooting for him. Um, to continue to go. So next, um, some more recruiting news. Jalen Wilson, who is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He goes to Denton Geyer High School, uh, a little bit north of Fort Worth, if you know the Texas area like that. Uh, he's a 6'8 small forward who recently decommitted from the University of Michigan because obviously John Beeline went and became the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then Michigan hired a new head coach, former Fab Five member, or not former Fab Five member, but former Michigan player. Now he's a Fab, or he's still a Fab Five member. Now he's the head coach, Jawan Howard. And so um, he actually, Jalen actually announced that he is going to uh, announce his commitment on Wednesday, June 12th. So that's next Wednesday. Um, and he recently came off of visits from Kansas, I believe, a few weeks ago. 
And I think he just came off a North Carolina visit this past week. So look out for that. I think he's going to end up committing to North Carolina because usually it's not, and this is not always the case, but usually the most recent um, visit is more than likely going to be the visit that you're going to, or it's going to be the school that you commit to because once you just leave a school, it's fresh in your mind. And then you got to think about North Carolina has a lot of appeal to it. You got Michael Jordan, you got the Dean Dome, you got the shoes, you got the players. And it's just an overall pretty decent class for Carolina with Cole Anthony, Anthony Harris, Armando Baycott. They have a really good incoming class and they don't really have a true small forward. Like they're going to have a couple of grad transfers who are guards and they still don't have a small forward like that. Like they're going to lose Nazir Little or they already lost them pretty much um, to the NBA draft. And so Jalen Wilson will probably fit there pretty nice. Um, Kansas is a good option, but they do have a small forward there too, who's going to be a freshman by the name of Tristan and Aruna. So I think he's going to ultimately end up committing to Carolina because I think it's just the right move. It's the right fit. He'll probably play two or three years there before heading off to the league. So I don't blame him at all. So with that being said, and that's Jalen Wilson. Stay tuned. Like I said, his commitment is Wednesday, June 12th. Next. We got one more commitment, and then we got some new rules in the college game. So this is the last, or not commitment, just recruiting news. Kerry Blackshear Jr., who is pretty much the number one transfer option on the market right now. He's actually a grad transfer, meaning he's going to be immediately eligible. So he's a 6'10 power forward from Orlando, Florida. Played three years at, at the University of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech recently lost one of their best head coaches in Buzz Williams, who took his talents down to Texas A&M, where he's from down in College Station. And so Kerry Blackshear decided to transfer. He will not stay with Coach Young at Virginia Tech. Um, he recently just came off of, of Florida from, I mean, excuse me. He recently just came off in a visit from the University of Florida, which is pretty much the hometown kind of in Gainesville. Um, but it's a couple new schools that are involved in his in his pro recruiting process. At first, it was just Kentucky, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech. My Spartans were actually involved, and then we took up all our scholarships, so we're no longer an option. But So he was left with Kentucky, Texas A&M, and Florida. But he added three new ones, or supposedly he's added three new ones. So the new one, the three new ones are Gonzaga, um, Tennessee, who, who everybody's saying it's not really a good chance that'll go to Tennessee, but they are really trying to get him. And then the last one is actually who he's going to – is actually who he's actually currently visiting – at this moment, as I speak this, Arkansas. And you guys know how much I love Arkansas because of their new head coach, who we talked about earlier, Eric Musselman. And Eric Musselman is really good at getting transfers and grad transfers and, make, and building those and making those the stepping stones of his programs. And so he's going to do the same thing at Arkansas. And honestly, if Kerry Blackshear Jr. goes to Arkansas, that's going to be a big-time move for the Razorbacks. I don't think he's going to end up going there. I think they have a very good shot, though. If I if I had to give them a, a percentage, I'd probably say they got about a 30 to 35% chance. But I'd say right now it's going to come down to the other two SEC schools in Kentucky or Florida. I think Florida has the slight edge because Kentucky, they pretty much have a lot of players. They have, I think, I believe two or three players at his position already. So they really don't need him. Florida could really, really use him because Florida's going to bring in a very good freshman recruiting class they got some key returners and Noah Locke and a couple and Andrew Nemhard and you know they're, like I said the recruiting class is good with Trey Mann Scotty Lewis and they don't really have a power forward like that so I think 
um, Kerry Blackshear will go in there and fit perfectly with Florida, especially since it's technically, it's not exactly his hometown school, but it technically is because it's the only school in Florida that he's considering. So I think Florida's probably the lean, but I still wouldn't count on Arkansas. Arkansas is down south. It's much closer to home than what Virginia Tech was um, to Orlando. So, you know, you can never count out the must-bust. Coach Musselman does an excellent job recruiting transfers and grad transfers for some reason. So do not count them out. Like I said, he visited Florida yesterday, Coach White in Florida yesterday. Today, at this moment, he is visiting the University of Arkansas. So stay tuned for that. His commitment will probably be in the next, I'd say, two or three weeks, maybe even next week, I doubt. But I'd say two or three weeks for his time frame, his commitment. And like I said, me personally, I think he is the number one transfer on the market especially because he's immediately eligible to play he will be an immediate impact player to whatever team gets him so that's Kerry Blackshear Jr. With that being said we're done talking about the recruiting news let's talk about the game itself so college basketball is slowly trying to transform and become the NBA it was two new rules or technically three new rules uh or actually two new rules I'm sorry two new rules that have dropped um, that kind of impact the game a little bit. So the first rule is this. There is a new three-point line in the college game. It is extended a little back. It is the same as the international line. It's a little bit over 22 feet. Not exactly 23 feet, but just a little bit over 22 feet. So that means a lot of different things. It's going to be, obviously, you know, you got to extend your range a little bit. You know, I don't think most a lot of players will have trouble with that. If you're a shooter, you can shoot it. Um, but one thing I did see on Twitter, I forgot who tweeted it. My bad for that, for not giving them their, their credit. But they said the teams that play zone, which are pretty mostly known as Syracuse and Washington, they're going to have to extend their zone out a little bit farther now. So it's going to be harder for them to play defense. And that's a very good point. So we're going to see. I doubt Coach Beheim will ever leave the 2-3 zone because we all know he loves it to death. But it's just going to be interesting to see how if they struggle with it, if they adapt to it. Um, it's going to be interesting. And Washington, too. Washington has, I'd say, better athletes than uh, Syracuse. Like, they got Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart. Those are two lanky players. So, you know, they can close out faster and close a gap faster. So, we'll see how they adapt to it. But, like I said, man, the three-point line has been extended a little bit further back to 22 feet. So, that's a very interesting note. And then another one um, is the shot clock will not reset. when Off an of offensive rebound, if your team gets an offensive rebound, the shot clock will no longer reset to 30 seconds. We all know 30 seconds is the original shot clock for college basketball. When you first get the ball, you got 30 seconds to score. But now, it used to be when you got an offensive rebound, it would go back to 30. Now, it goes back to 20. And I like that rule a lot because the NBA actually changed theirs where it used to be, you know, the, the original clock was 24. As soon as you got the ball, you had 24 seconds to score. If it reset, it would go all the way back to 24. And the NBA changed it where they took 10 seconds off an offensive rebound. Now it's 14. And I really like that because it speeds the game up a little bit more. It shows you, you know, who, what coaches can execute offensively with a limited amount of time. And I like that. So the college game is going to go from 30 original seconds to if you get an offensive rebound, you got 20 seconds to score now. 20 seconds is still plenty of time. It's a lot more than 14. That six extra seconds is a lot of time, especially when you're on the court. So that's a very good rule. I really like that. Um, I've seen a couple NBA players, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was actually applauding these new rules. So shout out to him for that. Because I actually, I really like both of these rules. I think it's it's better for the kids. I think it's going to help them be more prepared for the NBA. Um, but De'Aaron Fox had one issue, and I kind of agree with him. 
The one issue that he said that the college game is truly missing is a defensive three in the key. I like that because in the NBA, they have it. It's an automatic technical. You get to shoot one free throw, and you get the ball. In college, you can sit there and camp in the uh, in the paint all day long. No three seconds. You know, and it's kind of like, I won't say it's cheating, but it's just like dumb. Like, because in, in, once you get to the NBA, as a big man, you're going to be moving 24-7. As any position in the NBA, you're moving 24-7 all around the court. So in the college game, you know, say your team plays a zone like a Syracuse or a Washington. The center, he stays in the paint all game long. The only time he comes a little bit outside of the paint is when somebody catches the ball at the free throw line extended. So now, you know, I hope I hope they eventually do change that rule. It'll be interesting to see what they're doing. But the two rules that I named with the three-point line moving back and the shot clock resetting to 20 seconds off of offensive rebound, I really like those because they're taking positive steps in the right direction um, in the college game and making it a little bit more like the professional league. So that's good for the NCAA. I like how they're adjusting. I like how they're listening to outside uh, sources and stuff like that. So that's that, man. With that being said, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share, and all of those other good things. I thank you guys for tuning in. Y'all have a beautiful and blessed rest of y'all day. Enjoy game four of the NBA Finals, which will come on in about a little bit under two hours. So stay tuned for that. I will have a podcast on that tonight. With that being said, man, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. One love and peace as always.